Night Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Nine minutes after one. Good afternoon to you. My name is Pimelo Modine. This is Life Happens on SAFM. Welcome to the show. Um, today we've got a special um, program that we've got lined up for you. For the next hour, we're going to be having a conversation with the Department of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. And I'm going to be in conversation with the Deputy Minister. And I do want to just ask you to bear with us. Our WhatsApp still don't work. So what I'm going to ask you is, if you cannot call in, please send an SMS rather and unfortunately it will be charged at one rand fifty and the number is four one three nine one otherwise just uh, use the usual number to call in on oh eight nine one one oh four two seven so the deputy minister of uh, higher education uh, science and innovation has been making the rounds lately and uh, he has been touring the eastern cape for an assessment on the readiness and, and he's also monitoring what has been happening since they started very slowly opening up um, the high education institutions for for learners to come back in so he's been checking how institutions have been managing at the moment with regards to obviously complying to COVID-19 regulations he joins us now on the line deputy minister Budiman Amela good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us uh, Pamela, and also good afternoon to listeners, and thank you for having me today. Absolute pleasure. You, you've been around, um, this is your third day on, on your tour in the Eastern Cape. What's your assessment? Look, firstly, uh, I must say that, uh, you know, the, the Eastern Cape, uh, and in particular East London and Port Elizabeth, being the uh, um, epicenter uh, of the Eastern Cape province, and also featuring a lot, uh, you know, on the national uh, statistics, uh, it was important for us to uh, go and, uh, you know, visit uh, and look at what our in- how our institutions are coping since they uh, started reopening on the 1st of, uh, uh, of June and some of them on the 1st of July. Uh, we had experienced some delays with some of the institutions in the Eastern Cape, for instance, Fort Hare and the Walter Sisulu University. Um, you know, have been some of those institutions that have been experiencing delay in terms of reopening. Um, there have been challenges as it relates to uh, supporting learners who will be studying remotely, uh, getting devices to them, uh, and also ensuring that there is connectivity so that they're able to, uh, you know, interact with their uh, lecturers and, uh, you know, be able to uh, study even if they're not physically on campus. Uh, but so, so, so the major challenge is around getting to support learners. Uh, the reports that, uh, you know, I, I then received in terms of what needs to be done so that we're able to resolve these bottlenecks is that, uh, uh, you know, there has been progress made and that sometime in the course of this month, both institutions uh, will complete the distribution of uh, uh, learning devices to, um, you know, to students who do not have and also the, uh, you know, supporting them with uh, data, uh, and and this they will be doing working hand in hand with the uh, with the department. But as it relates to the overall uh, implementation of the uh, protocols that have been announced by the president, by our minister, and uh, as agreed in the ministerial task team, uh, you know, which speaks to. Uh, you know, the availability of personal protection equipment, the ability of, uh, I mean, the availability of uh, sanitizers, 
the uh, uh, scanners, uh, and also observing social distancing rule. So I'm quite impressed with what the Eastern Cape has been able to do. I, uh, you know, was obviously confronted by about a thousand to two thousand students from both Walter Sisul University and, uh, you know, a, a Forte were dissatisfied with the way in which their university management were handling the entire opening process. Mm-hmm. We have uh, asked our department to work together with both institutions to make sure that uh, you know we deal with any form of dissatisfaction that is there among students. Our primary objective is to make sure that we save lives as, as, as an important element, uh, but also ensuring that we save the academic year, um, you know, by supporting students, by getting, uh, you know, 33% of those students onto campus, those who need to be on campus. Uh, and I think more importantly, by getting students and workers to understand what would be the implications if we undermine national protocol. So I would definitely say that, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, the Eastern Cape, uh, both Forte and Walter Street University uh, obviously need to do uh, a lot more, uh, you know, but I'm quite confident that uh, they will be able to, uh, you know, uh, uh, provide the support. I was quite impressed with what I saw at the Buffalo City uh, College, the PE College, also the Nelson Mandela University. I think that those three have been able to, or that they implement the national protocols, provide support to uh, maintain social distance, and all the requirements that uh, you know have been imposed on them by uh, you know national government, and the support that the Eastern Cape Provincial Government has been giving to this institution has been amazing. Uh, we worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that in the overall, I think, uh, uh, you know, close to uh, 50 people um, have uh, either in serious conditions or have lost their lives mm-hmm. uh, from the institutions. This includes staff and students in those institutions. And it's mainly staff uh, mm-hmm. because of comorbidities, uh, issues of age and all of that. And we really want to, uh, you know, limit uh, the number of deaths and infections to uh, close to zero. And we believe that with the work that these institutions are doing, we can be able to achieve that. Deputy Minister, can we address the dissatisfaction that the, 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 the students were raising, the, the, those who, who did confront you from Fort Hare and Walter Susulu, so that we can at least um, give them some assurances, uh, particularly those who were not necessarily in, their pre- in your presence yes. when this happened, those who are listening at the moment, that you, you have understood what their concerns are and, and you will then, obviously, as you said, you've asked um, yes. uh, the department to, to work hand in hand with the institutions. Can we just address some of those, yes. uh, those issues? I mean, the, the major concern from the students uh, uh, is the fact that uh, most of them stay in rural areas where there's no connectivity. Mm. And obviously that's not something that we as the department or the institutions can be able to do anything about except to, uh, you know, help the institutions to uh, uh, guide students in available learning centers close to their communities that includes libraries, UNISA learning centers and all of those where they have access to Wi-Fi, access to network, uh, you know, and all of that. So that was the first and major thing. The second one was that the students were demanding that they all should get back to campus. Now, we cannot agree to that mm. uh, because it would essentially mean that we are, uh, you know, uh, worsening the pandemic, undermining national regulations, and essentially ushering students into a, a slaughterhouse if they all go into uh, uh, universities. All 
I mean, already with only 33% of students having to attend to uh, campus, some of the reports we're getting is that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit difficult and challenging to uh, maintain social distancing rules. So, uh, you know, with 3,000 students versus, uh, you know, more than 30,000 students at Nurse Mandela University, you will essentially be calling for a disaster. So that we couldn't agree to, but what we asked the department uh, to do is to provide these institutions with support so that, uh, you know, there is ultimately no need for students to get back to uh, campus. Part of their concerns was that, uh, you know, the two universities haven't commenced with finalizing the first semester. Uh, I have engaged, uh, you know, the vice chancellor of uh, Forte, and he has committed to ensure that, uh, uh, you know, we complete the academic calendar in at Forte as soon as possible so that it's in line with the uh, with all the other universities. And this is one issue that the minister has taken to heart to make sure that, uh, you know, there is a universal agreement on when the academic uh, year begins and when it ends. Remember that, uh, you know, we still have to uh, receive students from uh, uh, from high school. Mm. Uh, the, the grade 12 students will be passing uh, their grade 12 uh, who will be transiting to university. So it's important that that coordination works. And that's why uh, we maintain close contact and interaction with the uh, Department of, uh, of Basic Education. And the final uh, concern from students is that, uh, you know, some of them uh, in both Forte and Wusu have not been involved by the university management uh, in the COVID uh, uh, rapid uh, task teams. Uh, and we have uh, since asked both universities to include all the student leaders in those uh, uh, testing. What I want to assure students, and I know that this is a period where there's a lot of anxiety, uh, you don't know whether you are going to be uh, acing your exams or you're going to be dropping out and all of that. But what I really want to assure uh, all the students is that we will ensure that there's no student who's left behind. There's no student who, um, you know, owing to the fact that they haven't received a learning device or connectivity uh, or interacted with a learning material, that we will not send them into, you know, an examination room to go and say, we will ensure that, uh, you know, all students are supported. And that's the commitment that all the vice chancellors of all the universities uh, have made. Um, You know, and, and, and I think that, you know, this is an experiential uh, a period for all of us uh, wherein we try to transit into e-learning platforms, we're trying to uh, you know, help uh, both lecturers and students to cope with the new uh, conditions that have been imposed on them. We're also trying to say to parents, please give support to students who are at home. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of stories uh, out there around um, you know, uh, uh, gender-based violence, parents really not giving children uh, time and space uh, to, to, to study uh, or uh, not helping with availing resources where those resources are there to help those learners to study. So we really want to call on to parents. Let's please, uh, you know, work with institutions, work with the department, work with everybody else, but importantly, give the support that your, uh, you know, your children need for them to be able to uh, ace the academic year 2020. Deputy Minister, uh, if you don't mind, can we just take some calls? And I'm going to ask people to call in on this number, 0891-104-207. SMS number is 41391, and it will be charged at 150. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah.
SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm in conversation with Deputy Minister Budimana Mela, Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. And uh, he's taken it upon himself to go and uh, do a mini tour in the Eastern Cape and uh, have a look at how they have managed during this COVID-19 to try and adapt to the new circumstances and also compliance. And and obviously just all the other general issues that we know uh, the Eastern Cape in general has been, has been confronted with. So he has been on a three-day tour of the institutions in that space. We are going to also touch on other things. So you're more than welcome to ask questions around other things related to the department on 0891-104-207. Let me go to Malose in Pulukwane. Good afternoon, Malose. I'm listening attentively to your conversation with the deputy minister. But I've got a challenge. Um, my wife is, 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 is doing, is, is, is studying with Unity, right? Mm-hmm. They gave them 30 megabytes of that. 30, yeah, I think it's 30 megabytes of data. Um, when the COVID started, when they started enrolling in the computers and all that, she didn't receive a laptop, all right? Uh, we managed to get one for her. But my challenge is, after two months, they say they are cancelling the data because that was only for exam. Now, how do UNISA students study? Or should we grumble to get them a laptop? It's not only here. I need to take care of you who are studying with UNISA. We should get them a laptop because UNISA is not giving them laptops. To the data, we should, because we are from rural areas. Should we always buy them data, or is the, that, that data is it going to continue because it was stopped uh, two weeks ago? I don't know if you get my. Point. I do. I just want. To, I want to ask you yeah. a few things, Marusi. Is is yeah. is this her first year, Junisa? No, no, it's the second year. Okay. Before COVID, yes. what what had what what was happening with her? What kind? She, what is she, she studying? She used to attend classes. What was she studying? She she she. Pardon? What was she studying? Because that's exactly the point. Was she going into the lecture room? Yes, she was going into the lecture room. I see. Okay. In Polokwane campus of Pretoria. Okay. So now she cannot go into lecture. She has mm-hmm. to do it via online. Everything online. Mm-hmm. All right, let me just hand over to Deputy Minister. Deputy Minister, do you want to respond to that? Yes, most definitely. Look, um, I think the the, the UNISA uh, students uh, are a bit of a, a, a you know a complex uh, mm. situation. UNISA is a distance uh, learning institution, um, and there are limited uh, lectures that are uh, provided. Mm. the The university had indicated that uh, you know working together with the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, they will uh, try and ensure that they provide. Uh, you know those students who are uh, who need uh, you know uh, devices with those kind of devices, uh, but the reality is that uh, understanding that this is a, 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 a you know a distance learning institution, uh, we uh, have been encouraging uh, students to uh, you know ensure that they either use their learning material allowance from NSFAS to 
uh, debt learning devices, uh, you know, or, t- or take initiatives in this regard. I mean, uh, UNISA has got 400, 000, close to 400,000 students, uh, you know, at a go. Uh, and, and I think you can imagine the kind of uh, cost that this would be involved. However, we will try and ensure that, uh, you know, from the uh, announcement that was made by the minister, that all the students are, uh, you know, given the support in terms of learning devices. Uh, And then when it was also announced initially, the support in terms of data, Mm. uh, we made it clear that uh, this is going to be uh, 30 gigabytes that uh, we will support students for a period of uh, three months which will be, uh, you know, to the end of August. And, and we hope, we, we're hope hoping that UNISA is, uh, you know, following through, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to that extent. But I also want to really encourage, um, you know, uh, all of us, uh, particularly students in distance learning institutions who understand the complexities of studying uh, through distance learning, I think, uh, you know, to, to really help us. Uh, you know, in ensuring that we uh, make this period uh, a success for all of us. Manasi, I mean, that's the reason I was asking you about, you know, what was she doing before? Are you satisfied with this, uh, Malusi? I, 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 um, um, he partially answered my question. You know why? Because remember, the, you have to use, as you say, the, 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 the money you're supposed to buy study material, or, mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 or the one you... You need to buy learning. device, right? Yeah. yeah. Learning device. I mean, learning, learning device. Mm-hmm. Now, the challenge is you have to now download um, the study material. Um, and the, 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 when they when, when NISA cut off the data last, I mean, the, the end of July, mm-hmm. you, we, we have to, like, come up with something else to make sure that she studies. She doesn't left, she's not left behind. Because now they're using groups. You understand to study. So what I'm saying is that that 30 gig was coming handy, but when they stopped it, it it, it really calls on us to put more extra effort. Let me let me ask you this, Malusi. Did you get the impression yes. that this was going to be uh, uh, this this 30 gigs was going to be ongoing? You you didn't get the memo on the fact that it it had a limited time span, uh, lifespan. No, no, no. We we knew that it's going to be cut as uh, end of August, but Unisa cut it off earlier. In yeah, and, and I yeah. hear you, and I appreciate that. What I'm trying to say is, have you thought about the future even beyond August? So let's just say this gets to be corrected. I'm concerned that it sounds to me like that you don't have Plan B. No, we we do, we do. We, is there something we are adjusting to what is required? Mm-hmm. But my challenge was, she never received a device. Mm-hmm. We had to make in provision. The, the the data was cut earlier and all that. Mm. So I can, can I, see myself, yeah. I, I can afford somewhere. Mm. But how about the, the other lady that I know that I'm working with, I mean, she's just a, a doing leadership. Mm-hmm. And she's paying for everything that she has to do via UNISA. Mm-hmm. She doesn't receive anything from UNISA. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those people who cannot afford, how far is the government doing mm. To meet them halfway through the, 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 the Go ahead, Deputy yeah. Minister. Go ahead. I think that the big question, Malus, is is um, I think your partner or your uh, girlfriend yes, or uh, uh, are they are they he's on, married, on Deputy Enosfa? Minister? Or oh, wife? Your wife? Sorry, <laughs> your wife. My apologies. I, I I missed that. I missed that. But is she is she um, on on Enosfas? I, I believe so. He, he's left now, but yes, that's the impression I got. Yeah. So, so, and especially as a UNISA student, the the 
um, allowance for lending material um, could be should have been used to purchase a device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I hear his point about you no, know, she hasn't received the device. So that allowance specifically uh, can be used to to purchase a device. Um, you know, to to uh, to support her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, we we I mean, would really love to see a situation wherein we uh, uh, provide uh, uh, data up to infinity, uh, you know, for all the students. But as is now, uh, it's uh, financially impossible uh, to uh, to be able to do that. And I think, as you may be aware, uh, the the Minister of Finance announced new. Uh, budget adjustments and I mean our department is one of those which uh, got a significant cut yes. uh, in terms of budget yes. and I know that you know as an individual it it doesn't make sense but uh, you know looking at it from a national perspective this is unfortunately what we confronted with. Deputy Minister of uh, Higher Education, Science and Innovation is in conversation with me. We'll take this all the way until three, uh, 2 o'clock, I beg your pardon. Um, let me just take a quick break. It's 1.30. Let's go to Amanda Machaka for the latest in headlines. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation is with us until 2 o'clock, Butimana Mela, and he's going to be taking your calls. And I did apologize earlier in saying that our WhatsApps are not working, so please do send us an SMS on 41391, and it will be charged at 150. Otherwise, um, call us on 0891104207. Oh, okay, we've we've lost him. We we had a caller there. Deputy Minister, let's let's talk about um, some of the issues that, you know, let's stick with UNISA there, for instance, uh, for a minute. There was an issue with the UNISA and uh, the minister spoke about the mission drift um, that that was a, of a concern in UNISA. Do you want to address that for a minute? Uh, which one in terms of UNISA? Miss, mission drift in UNISA, where there was a contingency um, of a delegation that was sent there to go and deal with what was uh, of, a, of a problematic nature in at UNISA. Oh yes, yes, most definitely. I mean, the um, the ministry and the department has been in constant engagement with the UNISA management, um, both the university council and senior management, in terms of the situation at UNISA. Uh, the minister intends to, um, you know, appoint a team mm-hmm. that will look at what the uh, challenges are, mm-hmm. um, you know, as it as it relates to the, uh, I mean, the nature and character of UNISA as a distance learning institution, some of the challenges that relate to uh, or related to governance, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of that. So, so that process is underway. There has been meetings uh, between the ministry and the uh, UNISA uh, council and management, mm-hmm. um, and, and we're closely monitoring the situation and providing the support that UNISA uh, needs in order to ensure that it stabilizes. We believe in the potential of UNISA uh, to actually take in more students than it has. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, they uh, UNISA re- uh, registers about, uh, I mean, close to 400,000 students, and not only from our country, but from the continent. And this is probably the largest higher education institutions, institutions in the continent. And therefore, its success, 
uh, is very crucial. And that's why we are in constant interaction with Ulisa to make sure that it succeeds. All right. We are opening those lines, 0891-10427. Marobu, thank you so much for calling us. You're calling us from Pulukwane. Good afternoon. Hello, Isakina. How are you? It's Pimelo. Yes, I'm good. Uh, I'm calling to get to the NFC. Yes, go ahead. Uh, what happened is that my wife also got uh, NFC approved, but then it was for UNISA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what happened was that... Uh, she, she was allowed to register, but now on his status, on NFS, it says the application has been declined. She was <coughs> allowed to register. They haven't sent her anything happened or anything with regard to correspondence to say that she she has been approved. So my question with the minister is that those cases whereby people have got were approved, but then they haven't received anything, what is going to happen with regard to those applications? Marobo, let me just let's understand this. She was approved, but it says declined. She was initially she was approved and allowed to register, and then during the first of the when she checked her status, Mm -hmm. it is declined, and the health were not paid. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens is, I mean, I get, I got a lot of inquiries from the beginning of this week uh, of a similar nature. So, and and I've asked the NSFAS administrator, uh, you know, to look into this, and and maybe also it may help to get uh, the vice chancellor of UNISA on the show because there seem to be a lot of concerns from UNISA so that they respond to specific issues. But what happens is, someone applies for NSFAS. And then there's a based on the information that they submit, so that there are no delays. There's a provisional uh, 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 approval of their application, and then we go to Home Affairs to check if uh, the information that the person has provided is correct. We go to SARS to check also uh, the information around their income if it's correct. Um, you know, and in many cases we found out that people have said, "Look, um, I'm." I don't have parents. Uh, and then when we go to Home Affairs, we end up finding parents for, uh, you know, these applicants. Um, you know, or they say, I'm unemployed. But when you look at the income at SARS, uh, it says that this is the income that they're having, which is more than mm. what, uh, uh, you know, the threshold uh, that that the NSFAS provides for uh, all of them. And then there's an appeals process. So I'd advise that... Uh, uh, you know, your wife should appeal the decision, uh, and and then as far as has been looking at those appeals, if you believe that uh, you know the uh, their findings on your application is incorrect, please do uh, uh, you know encourage your your wife to uh, you know to appeal that decision. But in many instances, the applications which have been declined has been as a result of misrepresentation of. Uh, uh, facts and therefore, um, you know, we 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 don't think that there's anything that can be done unless, if uh, you know, uh, through the appeals process, it can be proved otherwise. Satisfied, Ntsatsu? Ntsatsu, are you still there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Yes, Is, are, you, are you okay with that response? Right, uh, so no, I haven't said anything. I want to. I want to. Uh, talk. We have lost you, Ntazi. So I beg your pardon. It's because I saw. Yeah. We, so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Go ahead with your question. <laughs> Thank you, Fimelo. Good day and good day to the district minister there. Mm-hmm. Eh? Go ahead. Firstly, I think that gentleman 
the DC minister. I like him a lot. I think he has got a bright future ahead of him. I hope his name doesn't come out in one of these countries. But, uh, but, but Deputy Minister, I'm sure you're not paying Zatsu, hey? <laughs> Am I not what? You're not paying in Zatsu. He likes you a lot, he says. <laughs> yeah, so I hope, Deputy Minister, I'm praying that your name doesn't come up in any of the standards. Please, please, well, please, please. Uh, uh, don't, uh, don't waste your prayers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't waste your prayers. Zatsu, okay, Zatsu, okay, Zatsu, quickly, ne? quickly, ne? Yes, sir. I think we, we must give credit where it is due. The gentleman, I don't know if his name is Malusi or something. Eh? Mm-hmm. I, yes, I, the I one that, that I, called earlier. That's complaining about butter being taken away. Yes, eh? yes, sir. I don't think I don't think he's telling the truth. I'm a UNISA student mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Eh? I've got the data and I still have it in my phone as I'm speaking to you. So I'm, I'm just maybe maybe his girlfriend or his wife depleted data and he's not telling the truth. I'm, I'm simply saying, let us not paint. Uh, 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 this institution's bad even when there's nothing bad happening. I don't think they can take a data and they don't take my data. So please, please, please. Okay. Zatu, is, that, is that all you wanted to comment on, Zatu? Yes, yes. Okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to correct that because we, we need to give credit where, yes. the, where it is due. Okay, lovely. Mm. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Deputy Minister, uh, there was an issue around uh-huh. data, and, and just correct me if I'm wrong, around data that was cut off because of, of misuse of the data. There were cases like that. Could this be maybe one of those? Well, it possibly could be, and we really want to encourage students to use data for, uh, you know, academic purposes, mm. um, because this is important. We we know that there are certain websites, that uh, certain academic websites that that have been zero rated. Mm-hmm. So already you're saving a lot in terms of data, um, you know. So I think using data responsibly is important. But over and above that, M- may um, I just ask to pause you yes. there, Deputy Minister, just because we've got a, a, a technical issue that we need to sort out. I'm going to ask that we just quickly take a quick break. I'll be back to leave you to allow you to continue with that thought, please. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Deputy Minister Budiman Amela, he's a Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. Deputy Minister, thank you so much for indulging us. Uh, thank you very much for your patience there. You were still explaining to us about the, the type of use <coughs> Um, that is yeah. that is expected from a student where where they were given that free data that you that you had announced. Yeah. So so what I was basically saying was that um, you know we really implore students to use the data for academic purposes. Already there are zero rated website, meaning all universities' websites are zero rated, and then they've also negotiated with some of the telecos to zero rate some of the links uh, that are for academic uh, purposes. So, so there's a saving, uh, you know, but over and above that, uh, you know, someone just brought to my attention, actually reminded me that UNISA students also receive learning material via post. Yes. So what they would be downloading uh, on the net would be, uh, 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 you know, would not be as much as, uh, uh, you know, all the other uh, students. So we really want students to be responsibly as it relates to uh, data. Let's not go and download uh, videos on Facebook and Instagram and all of that, whereas our academic work is going to suffer in the process. Can I just maybe make make some some clarification here? Because if, yes. if it's 
if it's then true that in, in data is reiterated for a learning institution, does it then mean yeah. that for the information that he was talking about, downloading material from yeah. UNISA's site, it wouldn't have cost him much or anything? Not at all. Not at all. Um, not at all. So, um, I mean, we made this. So all the Tibet colleges, all the universities, all their websites, and some of the links that the websites provide, that, uh, you know, downloading information from those sites already zero rated. Uh, and it's, it's only with certain sites when you veer off mm-hmm. uh, what is not academic that, uh, you know, in some of those instances that you get charged. So, so, and it could be for academic purposes. Mm-hmm. It could be a link that's related to your academic work that would be charged. But the point I'm trying to make is that given the fact that some of the websites are zero rated, mm. uh, it shouldn't be costing as much as it is being presented. And I think your, your caller who's praying mm. for me uh, makes it quite mm. succinct that, uh, you know, he's been able to manage his data quite I mean, it, it makes perfect sense to me because then the issue of, of the husband, and I understand the husband worried about his wife you know he she can't download anything that can't be true so learning material should be accessible at 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 no cost at no cost exactly Mm. so uh, i mean for some of the uh, things the wife does not need wi-fi yes i mean okay okay i understand kg thank you so much for your patience you're calling us from mlo hi Hi, how are you, man? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for Hi. calling, KG. I'm, 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 I'm very good. My, my, my concern or question, rather, is on the post-graduate uh, struggles that we are facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, MKPC candidates, and uh, we're facing quite a number of challenges okay. in performing uh, quite an adequate research. And on the other side, we are trying uh, in the question to finishing the qualification within the prescribed time. One of the things maybe I would like the deputy minister to relate to is the issue of publications because in our field, when you when you research, you need to publish. And now most of the conferences have been stopped due to the pandemic. But we have been receiving little if no support in relation to the, the post-crisis. We cannot access the labs to perform experiments. So it's, it's been quite difficult. And I see the centrality of the issues being teaching and learning no one has really been talking much about post and what's expected mm. from our mm. Thank you. Thank you, KG. That's it's, a, it's not a great line, but a deputy yeah. minister, wouldn't he have fallen into that 33% category? Yes. That's an important question. I think the question is where is he studying? Yes. Because uh, all universities, um, you know, uh, consciously allowed their postgrad students to remain when we announced an early recess. Mm-hmm. And then when the minister announced that uh, we're going to have a risk-adjusted faced uh, in return of students, on top of our list were postgraduate students, mm. uh, together mm. with uh, students who are in clinical studies and all of that. So uh, it would be really interesting to know which university is studying with, uh, and then we can take it up with that yeah. university. I'm, I'm actually going to ask that we, we offline uh, try and get his details so we can try and assist it. I think there yes. is a, a, a serious case there. Basil, you're calling from the East London. Hi. 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 Go- welcome to the show, Basil. Um, thanks. Um, East London. Okay. Um, first, um, I was blocked by the University of Florida since uh, the beginning of the year. Because um, there is a um, misunderstanding between them and NSWAS. And NSWAS, uh, there was this lockdown. 
I have not been able to communicate to them. I tried writing emails with the years, it's not. And now at the university, every time I went there, it was closed. So I'm stuck. So I don't know what can what's going to happen now. Deputy Minister, is yeah, this think, disrupted? If if can we can we get the specific details? Yes. Uh, I think the the name uh, of the caller and their student number, sure. and then we will take it up with NSFAS uh, to just understand what yeah. the issue is. All right, we'll do that. Oh eight nine one. What I must also say yes, is, yes, if if he if he knows who he's, uh, uh, I mean the SRC or anybody, because I left the uh, staff mm-hmm. of the NSFAS at Fort Hare to resolve all issues relating to NSFAS. So if he knows these SRC leaders and all of that, he can always contact them or he can send us the details and then we'll try and help him out. All right, we'll do that. 0891-10427 and the SMS number is 41391. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. We're in conversation with the Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Deputy Minister Butimana Mela, and I'm, we're just running out of time. I'm going to take your calls on 0891-104-27-41391 is the SMS number charged at 150. Kucho, you're calling from Limpopo. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for calling. I'm just fine, thanks. Yeah, um, I'm calling in connection with um, uh, reg- uh, registration issue. How are you, uh, Deputy Minister? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for calling. Fine, thanks. Yes, um, I've been. I'm the one that I've been in contact with you in Twitter uh, regarding my PhD. I've been trying to register with one of the universities to do my PhD since 2017, and they said they did not have capacity, and I was then given. Um, uh, requested that I should look for an external supervisor and funding for the postgraduate. Now uh-huh. I did manage, all, yeah, I did manage to get external supervisor uh, who has been waiting for the whole year. We have submitted an application form to the university. Now, fortunately enough, HE CETA also uh, gave me bursary for the study for this PhD. Now, so now the problem I have with the university, they say they don't have capacity to give me a cost supervisor internally, which is something that I had it uh, when I was doing my MTech. But eventually, the head of department managed to resolve the problem. So at this point in time, I don't know what is happening. Okay. I think, again, um, yes. you know, if if, if um, you... you I, I don't remember this, this specific case. I, mean, I get a lot of inquiries through social media. Mm-hmm. But what I would like you to do is, uh, you know, to leave your contact with uh, with the producers and all of that, and then we can follow up. I understand you've been hesitant to mention the name of mm-hmm. the university and all of that, mm-hmm. but I think let's let's talk offline and then see how we can okay. be able to help. We'll, we'll definitely take your details, Kucho, then and forward them to the Deputy Minister. Zingi, you're calling from Johannesburg. Good afternoon. Finally. Thank you, Pamela. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Zingi in Soweto. Um, the challenge that I, I'm a student with UNISA, ne? I'm mm-hmm. doing my third year in LLB, and I'm a visually mm-hmm. impaired student. Ne? And mm-hmm. then under the normal circumstances, when I write my exams with UNISA, I will go to the venue, and then I'll get, like, um, if it, a paper is a two-hour paper, then I'll get 30 minutes extra time for each hour. Ne? Mm. Now, during this COVID thing, when I was writing my exam, the first exam, which is the legal um, pluralism, ne? um. While I was writing the exams, after struggling to download the paper, 
I experienced load shedding around about 5 o'clock and I was still left with like 30 minutes or so. But the mm. lecturer indicated when she emailed me the paper to say, uh, she was informed that she must email the paper directly to me. And then when I'm done, I must send the answers back to her. Now I did that and I explained to her that um, I had an, a, a challenge of the load shedding. That is why I, I, I submitted the, the exam late, which was around about 7 o'clock. Uh, because even my husband was not around to assist me with uh, technical issues and all of that. So she then replied the lecturer to say she's not sure whether the exam department will accept my paper because I've uh, submitted it late. But I've explained everything that I had no other choice. So my exam is not marked, but I know if it was, if it could have been marked, I could have passed that module. And they said I'm going to write a supplementary in November, and I don't want to write that. So that's a challenge that I have with UNISA at this point in time and due to this COVID um, whole lot of the thing. And so I was also looking for the, for the email address of the, uh, of the director of UNISA mm. so that I can address this issue with, but unfortunately I couldn't get it. I don't know how can I be assisted. Okay. Okay. And That's I'm worried I think, because I'm starting yeah. with, I'm starting with the funding that I get in some other law firm. So mm. I must, perform in mm. order to keep that going mm. because I, um, I can't afford to pay for my studies. Mm. Okay. I think what, what we must do is uh, let's get all the information and then we can forward it through to the to the vice chancellor and then they'll look into it. Unfortunately, I mean, uh, you know, people, we've got about 1.2 million students. Mm. We've got 26 universities mm. uh, and 50 TVET colleges. With the universities, uh, I mean, all universities determine their examination rules and all of that. Mm-hmm. All we expect from them is that those rules should be fair yes. uh, and understanding that we're operating in a different context. So it's going to be difficult for me as deputy minister to intervene in, uh, you know, a particular case. So what we can just do is to say to the vice chancellor that we've received this complaint from this student, and if they can uh, look at it and resolve it, uh, you know, with the fairness and the speed that uh, it. Uh, it, uh, it requires. Deputy Minister, thank you so much. Uh, we'll try and, and, and help you there, Zingi, and, and try and see if we can assist. Deputy Minister, you've introduced mental health line, and I, and I understand the fact that everybody right now is going through a lot. Um, talk to me about the inspiration and, 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 and how young people, especially students, can be assisted during this time. Yeah, look, um, and we, we've given uh, you know your, your, your team the the yes, uh, toll free number yeah. that everyone. Yes, please. And and basically, what we have uh, been observing over the years, um, uh, the last few years, has been that mental health is a big issue uh, in higher education institutions. Uh, students, uh, you know, uh, in fact, some of them use the word suffocate that universities. Uh, and TVET colleges basically suffocate them. Um, the uh, learning environment, although it appears to be accommodating, uh, in some instances, uh, you know, students either cannot cope with uh, what they are confronted with, uh, having uh, passed from uh, grade 12 and getting into a completely new environment, uh, which is a university. Some students, uh, you know, from Cape Town uh have to go and study in University of Venda, which is uh, about two, three, some kilometers away. So all of those factors, far from their 
parents and siblings and all of that. So all of those lead to a whole range of mental uh, illness issues. But beyond that, uh, you know, there has been a rise in the reporting of gender-based violence in our universities and TVET colleges. Uh, many students in a survey that we did some couple of years back have shown that, uh, uh, you know, some of them have uh, had non-consensual sex. Some of them have, uh, you know, had uh, incident with alcohol binging, uh, drugs and substance abuse, unprotected sex. I mean, all of those numbers are the scary. Most, uh, well, some have also shown that they are more susceptible uh, to depression, mental health, uh, are being suicidal, precisely because of the pressure that they receive with this new environment. And that's why we, uh, as part of the interventions, uh, you know, not only because of COVID-19, but because of what we've witnessed over the uh, years that we, we, we've introduced the uh, toll-free line, but not only that, uh, professional support uh, in institutions, uh, psychosocial support for all the students in institutions, um, you know, uh, create structure uh, because, uh, you know, some of the institutions have to be confronted with the manner in which they deal with issues around mental health and the fact that some would, uh, uh, you know, have nothing to do with it. We're insisting based on the, uh, you know, policies that we've introduced that spoke focusing on gender-based violence and mental health and all of that. We're insisting that all institutions have to create structures that deals with these issues uh, so that they give students support uh, so that students, uh, uh, you know, are able to find the uh, learning environment as uh, accommodating as possible. I mean, one of the reasons why we've got, uh, you know, scary uh, dropout rates, particularly of first-year students, is because of the inability of students to cope and the way in which they see universities as not being hospitable, as not being accommodating and all of that. And so that's why we're Deputy making this a intervention. Quick one, a quick one. I'm so yes. sorry to rush you because of time, but why, that's why, why yeah. would there be a reluctance from, from other institutions to, to adopt this? Well, there's no reluctance now because it's national policy, yes. so all of them yes. have to adopt yes. it. And I think universities have been taking this thing that, look, it's not our responsibility, it's the responsibility of the parents or the student themselves, uh, you know, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so we're insisting, we're imposing on them to create structures uh, that will give support. Some of them, of course, have been supporting mm-hmm. students, but others, uh, you know, were stating it categorically in their policies that it's not their business. Mm-hmm. So we're insisting that it has to be the university's business. Uh, when parents... Uh, you know, uh, register students in a particular institution, they expect that they should be working together with that university to be able to deal with whatever issue that uh, their kid, uh, uh, you know, will be confronted with, both inside and outside of the classroom. Deputy Minister, I'm so sorry we've run out of time, but they, they, I mean, I can tell you now there's so many people who want to speak to you, but my concern also is what we saw in the, uh, in the SAPS stats coming through around, as you yes. said yourself, gender-based violence numbers just increasing. Um, there's all sorts of things happening in universities that I think maybe we need to have a conversation around specifically around violence and and sexual violence and all of those things because in institutions it's a little bit complicated it's 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 not as yes. black and white as as it is in, in other spaces 
I'm, I'm, I'm at your service, uh, Pamela. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much for making the time to talk to us. Butimana Mela is a Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. And that will be available as a podcast. What we will do, some of your concerns, we will forward them to the department. If they can assist you, I'm sure they will. But we'll give you uh, we'll give your details to the right people in the department. It's just uh, gone two o'clock. Let me go to Amanda Machaka for the latest in SABC News.